This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. What's happening, friends? Uh, Jerry Flowers is coming in. I got to say, I really enjoyed this conversation. And this is a complete Mike D booking because we were talking about... Jerry, with was it Ryan Hurd or yeah, Keith Ryan, Urban or both? Both. Yeah? Yeah, when Ryan Hurd came in, I was like, that's interesting. And I looked him up after that, and I was like, this guy has a lot to look into. Yeah, he's written multiple number one songs. He was in The Ranch, which was Keith Urban's original band. He was mm-hmm. one of the three people. Uh, he also is Keith Urban's musical leader, like music director now. Just, just wild. He's done so many things. So I really enjoyed this conversation, and I think you guys will too. So hang out for that. Uh, Top five songs, releases this week that I'm looking forward to. At number five, Lady A has a new album out. And the album is called What a Song Can Do. There is a song on it called Friends Don't Let Friends. It's got Carly Pierce, Darius Rucker, and Thomas Rhett on it. And here's a clip. You know friends don't let friends drink alone. Gotta have a little help to get that memory gone. If you're gonna make a bad decision, you shouldn't make it on. At number four, I'm a big Taylor Acorn fan. She has a new song called Left You Instead. So what if I left you instead? And all of the tables they turn. What if the end of us met? That you were the one who would get hurt. But you take back what you say. And tell me how much that you've learned. If I could get into your head and plant the same seed that you did. What if I left you in? At number three, Cassie Ashton has a new song called Heavyweight. At number two, Brett Eldridge has a new Christmas album out called Mr. Christmas. Here is his version of It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. 
I mean, he's the guy for Christmas in country, right? Yeah. He's embraced it. He works hard at it. It's his. He owns it. Was it weird that Brett Young put out an album the same day for Christmas songs? Oh, yeah. Double Brett, double Christmas. They should have, like, (laughs) you know. With a lot of Christmas this week. It is, but the two Bretts at the same time is also confusing. And right now, Eldridge is over a Young so mm-hmm. if I were Brett Young, I'd have went maybe a week later or a week before. Yeah. Because I think he'll get, he'll, he'll get lost. I mean, we didn't even mention it in the top five. I guess I did now. <laughs> uh, but Brett Eldridge is at number two. And then Abby Anderson has a new song. Not the Abby from our show. Different Abby Anderson. Different Abby Anderson. Uh, this is called Bad Posture. Yeah, you. So those are my favorite releases this week. Yeah, you mentioned there's a lot of Christmas songs. I mean, Paisley has a song with Rob Thomas. Tim McGraw has one. Lainey Wilson has one. Morgan Wade has one. She has two. So it's Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And most of those songs are classics that people are covering, and it's free to do so. Public domain? Yeah, because you can just go and record them, and you don't got to pay anything for it. You know, it's been out long enough. Garth Brooks has set two intimate shows at the Ryman. 250 bucks a seat. They're not going to fill the Ryman up, though. Mm-hmm. If you can afford that ticket, that'd be a really cool ticket to have. I saw Garth play Vegas, just him and a guitar. It was really awesome. I've still never seen him. What do you mean? Never seen him in concert. Big or little? Nope. In studio, has he played while you've been in here? I don't think he played when I was here. Really? Yeah. Because he's played a couple times. And I went to that show that got rained out. Oh, you went to the big Garth Brooks show yeah, in I Storm. Get to see him. I was like, this is the first time I'm going to get to see him. Nope. Uh, Chris Stapleton has rescheduled two Nashville shows for vocal rest. He is fighting laryngitis, so please, God, don't let us lose Chris Stapleton. No. Ryan Hurd has announced his Tour de Pelago dates. So if you want to see Ryan Hurd, he'll be you know, hopping all over the road. Luke Bryan's going to host the CMA Awards, and he'll be doing it by himself. He's hosted the ACMs with the Dirks and Blake, but he's going to do the CMAs alone, which will be interesting to see. Rooting for that. Kanye West has changed his name to just Ye. It's not Ye. Yay. It looks like Ye if you just see it, but you just have to think of it as Kanye. Mm-hmm. So he's now Ye, which isn't a dramatic change. People were already calling him that. It's not like Puffy when he changed his name. Did, did, I, nobody was calling him Diddy before yeah, he it's went. just like using his nickname now. Yeah. All right, that's pretty much the news and the songs. Let's get going here. I think you're really going to like this interview. Here you go. All right, in studio now with Jerry Flowers, which I think I'll start... Before we get into the ranch, before we get into what you're doing now, and I guess I was just talking about uh, you with Ryan Hurd two days ago. Oh, right? Yeah, so, like, you're top of mind because Ryan was talking about you. Um, as far as chasing after you, you wrote that, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long ago did you write the song for Ryan? And- Seven years ago we wrote that. Yeah, that's what he said. And I guess it wasn't written as a duet at first? No, no, no. Um, uh, we, I wrote it with Brinley Addington. It was the very first time I ever wrote with him. Uh, and it was just one of those super fast songs. Like, uh, I, I wrote that riff and the melody literally right when he was walking in the door, and he goes, ooh, what's that? And then it was off, man. We we were finished in probably an hour. When you say you wrote the riff and the melody, which? The... Oh, so like the verse. Yeah. Yeah. And then I wrote the chorus melody really fast, and then we just wrote the lyrics really Is that quickly. common for you, to write them fast like that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm a riff guy that's what i do best you know and um that kind of thing is more my style to that particular song because it's a little more on the r&b side which i grew up loving so um and you also have had success 
Like even like looking at the Keith Sweat stuff. You know, oh, oh no, that's a different Jerry Flowers. Well, well I you, have, you, I you have, do come up. I was going to make a joke yes. about that because <laughs> when I looked you up, at first, I was like, that's not the same guy I know. It was yeah. like a pastor who's a black guy. Right. And I was like... In Atlanta, I think. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to bring up this Jerry Flowers and see if he, uh, see if people confuse him. I'm hoping he's not getting some of my royalties, maybe. but Or maybe I'm getting some of his. Uh, no, I've, I've had uh, a Jason Derulo cut years ago. Like 2010, right? Yeah, yeah. That was like the first R&B thing I've had. But yeah, I grew up loving Prince and Stevie Wonder and people like that. And like, I grew up in a really, really country area. But I didn't listen to country that much growing up because at that point in the 80s, it wasn't that cool. You know, Hank Jr. was the only cool one. So, Like West Virginia? Pinch, West Virginia. What, yeah. what, what's Pinch, West Virginia about? Uh, it's, it's just very, very tiny. It's maybe 2,000 people. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful place, uh, nice mountains and everything, but not a big music biz there. I'm from Mountain Pine, Arkansas, 700 people. Oh, know? right. Similar. So, but we had our town... I don't know if you guys went to town. Yeah. But we went to town, and town was Hot Springs, where they had 15,000 people. And yeah. that, that was the city to us. Yeah. We had Charleston, which was, that's the capital city. It's 100,000 people. So how far was Charleston from Pinch? Maybe 30 minutes. So would you go to town? Was that a term that was used? Sure, yeah. And then, you know, I, I, when I was 18, I started playing there, you know, in clubs. Uh, and I was on the road two weeks after I graduated high school for about a year. And then I came back and just started playing a bunch of clubs, and then um, uh, met a guy, Meatloaf was playing in town, and his band happened to walk into this bar that we were playing at and met those guys, and then from there, they kind of... You met the Meatloaf guys? Yeah. I, a guy named Pat Thrall kind of took me in after he saw me play in this club and like became like a mentor to me and um, you know really convinced me that I could do this. for. A How do you so. pick up an instrument in, in Pinch, Virginia, or West Virginia? Is there uh, a family member that was like... Yeah, my brother. Uh, Randy, who's an amazing musician, he's here also, and he played with Meatloaf for twelve years. He also played with Meatloaf. Yeah, but not then. He got the gig later on because of that, because they saw us, you know, that one time in this little bar in West Virginia. Were you guys playing together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever think about pursuing? Well, you know, we'll do, you know, the the Brothers Osborne type thing. We did for a minute um, after. You know, after the ranch broke up, and then I went to the Dixie Chicks. After that, we, um, uh, you know, the Dixie Chicks went to a, a bluegrass thing, in which I don't play upright bass, so I was, like, suddenly out of a gig. So then we started doing our own band. But it was more of a rock thing. So you grow up in West Virginia. Yeah. You're playing clubs in Charleston for mm-hmm. the most part. Mm-hmm. The Meatloaf crew comes in. Yeah. Is that what got you out of that area, though? And do you think you would have stayed in the area? No. No, I mean, I always knew that I wanted to do something, my brother and I also. And then our keyboard player, John Dederick, who was with us then, he actually ended up playing with Allison Krauss here and, and Michael McDonald and has an amazing career. Um, but uh, no, we always knew we were going to get out. Um, but I didn't think it was going to be Nashville. I thought it was going to be New York. And then uh, we ended up moving here. And I met Keith six months later in 93 and started playing with him. So the ranch was a trio. Yeah. And so it was you, Keith, and Peter Clark. Um, percussion was Peter, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, what was the genesis of that three piece? Was it always, hey, all three of us will get together? Were there two of you guys that kind of recruited a third? No, they recruit. They they found me because mm. they had moved here maybe six months before that, and uh, I don't know what happened to their bass player, but um, they a, a guy that my brother met at a jingle studio um, met. 
uh, th- he just mentioned that his he's got this Australian friend that needed a bass player. <laughs> so I went to their house. I went to his house, and it was a rough place, man. Like, yeah. It was a place where three Australians shouldn't have been living at the time, you know. Now it's a super cool area, but then it was not. And uh, uh, we went down to his basement. He had a little PA, and uh, I played a couple songs with him. And then two weeks later, I was in Australia for six months. But you were in Australia? Yeah. I mean, and he, what were you doing? What was the idea of it in Australia? He just said, hey, do you have a passport? After like the second song. And I said, nope. So we went and got one. And then we, mo- we went there for six months just to play. Because that's what they would do. They would have to go back and make money there to play in clubs to come back here and survive, you know, because they couldn't legally make money here. They couldn't right. get a job. Which still know? happens. I mean, that's still a thing now. Oh, yeah. Like, I have friends that before they could get, like, their, their work visas, I guess we'll call it. Yeah. They really could come here and do nothing Mm-mm. except write. I think um, the drummer and the manager would mow lawns during the day, you know, to pay for Keith to, you know, have the uh, ability to write songs. What was it about Keith? That made you go, okay, there could be something here. Or was it just that you were like, let's just try something with anybody talented at all and just no. see what hits? I mean, as soon as I played with him, I knew. Like, you know, he, he was, uh, the, the music was a little different then. Um, he was a lot more like chicken picking, old school kind of country guitar playing. But uh, I just knew the second I met him because he just, everything about him was a superstar, you know. How, how wild were those times? Meaning, you know, I've talked to Keith both. And Keith and I are buddies off the air yeah. a bit, and definitely we do stuff on the air too. And, you know, he's told me there are times, months, months, full months at a time, even maybe even years, he doesn't remember. Oh, yeah. Was, he's like, I just, I don't. It was nuts. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, in those days, as you were starting and having to hit the ground running, was it still nuts in that way too? Um, or did, were you so focused on, on, on making it? No, I mean, I, I knew it was going to do well. Now, the ranch, we were so different because we were a trio. And at that, t- uh, that time in, in Nashville, there were, weren't anybody that looked like him. Uh, and the what do you mean was, look like him? Like, I, I mean, he, he had real long blonde hair. He had earrings. He had all these chains. And what was Nashville saying about him at the time? Uh, I mean, I think they loved watching him play, but they didn't know what to do with him. And so they signed. The ranch got a deal with Warner Brothers at first. And uh, back when it was still Warner Brothers. Um, and uh, they didn't know what to do with us. They would have us go in and record all these different versions, different producers coming in. And then finally, Scott Hendricks uh, was at Capitol at the time. He bought our contract from them, and then it all kind of started from there. Uh, I mean, it was, a, it was a fun time for us, but it was rough, too, because we were in a van for five years just playing nonstop and kind of beating our heads against the wall for a long time, you know. Did you guys feel like you were struggling to also find an identity, or did you know the identity and people just were struggling they to were, accept? We felt like they were struggling to yeah. understand it at that point, you know, because we knew it was good. Uh, but then after five years, we sat down. It's like, it's, this is not working. And so uh, he did a solo thing, and then I went straight to the Dixie Chicks after that. So, and I do want to come back to this, but it's, to me, because I've seen you with Keith before, because yeah. you're working... I assume you're still like the musical oh, yeah. director, mm-hmm. you know, you're with Keith as he plays, uh, playing bass and musical director, right? Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. still? The, yeah. You never know. Sometimes people come in and it's like, well, as of yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. It, it, say so, like that, but. but to go as, you know, one of the three in the ranch, and I mean, was there disappointment when you split up and he went solo and then for you to go back and play as part of his solo? No. Really? Mm-mm. No, because we had tried so hard and we knew it wasn't working 
And I was actually super excited to get a gig that was, you know, that actually had a tour bus at this point, you know, because we're, <laughs> we're in a van and roughing it, man. Like, because it was just the three of us. And we had one guy in the, uh, that traveled with us. And, you know, we had our all our gear in the back. We took out the back seats of the van. and uh, It was rough going for a while. Like, you know, we would play for nobody, you know, because they would, the, the label would send out like singles like a week ahead of time and to try to get somebody to show up. And most of the time, nobody would care. Nobody will show up. When you're grinding in a van like that, and again, I emphasize van, mm. are you guys stopping down to stay all three of you in a hotel room? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or do you ever just stop down and go, we're just going to sleep in the van tonight? Oh, no, no. I mean, we, we traveled. Most of the time, we would play and then drive all night to the next one. Would you switch up who drove mm-hmm. so other people could sleep? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just, we just rotated the three of us all the time. Always tired. Always. Always drunk. Too. Like, I, I, it was so, I mean, not the driver, but it was just like a full on party all the time back then, too. But it didn't seem, it didn't seem out of control. It just seemed like we we're just young dudes on the road. That's what we were supposed to do, you know. But it was, it was fun. It was, there were fun times. Man, just living in a van <laughs> and touring, because there's a difference in country music touring and my friends who do pop or rock touring. Yeah. Um, and you guys were basically doing rock touring. Oh, yeah. Meaning you don't come home. Mm-hmm. All over the place, too. All over the place, yeah. yeah. Like, like crazy routing, just stuff that should not have happened, you know. Because a country tour will go sometimes Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. Sometimes just Friday, Saturday, you yeah. know. And then you come back home and you live your life, and maybe you're right, maybe you see yeah. your family. But if you're like a rock group or you're a pop mm-hmm. artist, it's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, yeah. But Im- imagine doing that in a van. No, it wasn't easy. But... I mean, it sounds horrible now to me because the way we travel now, but uh, then it didn't seem that terrible because that's all we knew, you know. After five years of it, it got a little got a little rough. Who had to pull the trigger or pull the plug and go? Keith did. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean, he's a brutally honest person in the absolute best way. What's know? that conversation like to the guys? I mean, he just set us down. He said, he said hey, let's meet, and we had some coffee, and then he goes, this is just not working anymore. I think, I think we need to, 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 to make a change. And again, I was, I was okay with it just because I was, you know, ready for something new. And uh, I think it was hard on his drummer, Peter, because they had been together a long, long time. So, you know, many years. Here is a walk in the country from the ranch. Walk in the country with me. Watch the sun sinking down on the trees. It's gonna do us some good to get down in the woods. Take a little walk in the country with me. What do you think about when you hear that song? <laughs> I mean, it still feels good. Yeah. And it also feels like, because Keith has so many different versions oh, yeah. of himself. It mm-hmm. just almost depends on what creative space he's in when he's doing a record. Yeah. And you know this more than I do, but, you know, he may have, you know, Breland hop on a record. Oh, yeah. Or then he may do, you know, the uh, Tennessee two-star. Yeah, he it, doesn't sit still. Right. But no. this sounds like it could be on a current urban record. Yeah, I know. That record, every song in that album is great because he wrote all those with this guy Vernon Rust, and man, they just had some special chemistry at that point. Here is just some love. But if the Grand Canyon is just some bitch, Dorothy and Toto for just some witch, and if Babe Ruth was just some guy with the glove, then who? Just I feel like it's it was ahead of its time that a little bit. Been, that could be a hit right now. 
exactly what I'm thinking as it's playing. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was just a bit ahead of its time. It look, was. His it look, was. the style of what you guys were doing. Everything was. You were maybe 15 years too early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe 12, and you'd have been still early then, but then you yeah. owned it. Yeah, yeah. Because you know? then we, it was not the norm, you know. Everybody was really rocking the cowboy hats and, you know, the flame shirts and everything, and we just didn't look like that. Do you ever go and... You know, as you tour with Keith and people recognize you, does anyone know you from the range? Mm-hmm. Don't okay. they? Yeah. We were in Vegas about two weeks ago. We were doing a little residency there. And uh, I met up with um, a guy named David Ryan Harris after the show. He's a guitar player for John Mayer. And he had a, a lady with him that uh, worked for Caesars. And she was saying, I don't know, you probably would never remember this show, but I saw you guys in, as the ranch in... Uh, uh, it was in it was Arizona, I think, and she mentioned the name of the club, and I remembered it like immediately because Keith recently uh, sent me a picture. He found this uh, he found this calendar that because he took notes for everything. He recorded everything, like tons and tons of video from all those days. You know, I don't remember him doing that, but he always had a camera because there's a lot of video. But he found this he found this one year of us on tour. And every single show is written, and he's got the little liner notes of what the PA was like in each club. And then I showed her that particular show, you know. And so she said that she saw us. He was a, little, a teenager because her her dad was a radio guy, and uh, she still remembers that seeing us in that moment. Also know? crazy that yeah. Keith took those notes like that. Oh yeah, like it's funny. I want to play, and then I want to also get to your songwriting in a second, but. Uh, some days you gotta dance oh, yeah. from, from from the ranch first. And live it up when you get the chance. Cause when the world doesn't make no sense and you're feeling just a little too tense, gotta loosen up those chains. And then the Dixie Chicks, yeah. the, the chicks, they peaked at number number seven with this song. This was a, some somewhat of a hit for them. And I was playing with them at this time. So you did on this both. tour. Yeah. You did mm-hmm. it in both. Yeah. <laughs> both I, was, I did the fly tour with them. how that song got to them to recut yeah i mean so we were in uh california at the crs west seminar and our uh, walk in the country had just come out and then they were about to come out with their first single so we met them there we went and saw there like they did a little radio show in a um in like in a restaurant like a back back room at a restaurant and just got up there with acoustic and play and so we became friends with them and that's why they they ended up cutting that because they were huge fans of the, of the ranch and and so when when we broke up it was just like an easy transition for me to join that tour. The early days you'd mentioned that you'd move from the ranch to playing with at the time the Dixie Chicks. Mm. Was it before Natalie was singing and they were playing real bluegrass no, stuff? No, uh, I joined. Uh, we did when I joined. They were doing the Tim McGraw tour. Then we did Little Affair tour and then the Fly tour. Which at that point they were. So you were there for the explosion. Oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Keith, where people didn't know what to do with him because of it. But f- I wasn't in Nashville yet. But from the stories that I hear from kind of the older guard of label folks, they're yeah. now running it, but at the time weren't. They were in the, they sure. were like, Natalie Maines was like a firecracker. Oh, yeah. That people were like, what's happening right now? Because she really wasn't what was normal for country music at the time. <laughs> so that, that show we were talking about, we went and saw, you know, it was like it's just a little little restaurant table. And it was all these PDs. 
and they were just standing up there playing, being awesome, as they always are. And then Natalie made some crazy joke that offended a lot of people. And I remember that because we saw them the next day, and she was telling us that she had to personally call them all and <laughs> apologize for this joke. And I can't say that joke. Were, was, you, were you with them whenever the stuff in England happened? No, because they were doing the bluegrass stuff at that point. And so I was actually there at the same time, though, with my brother. We were doing a little tour with this singer named David Gates. Uh, and, you know, it was a scary time to be in England because they were pretty angry at us for invading Iraq. And so, uh, you know, I felt that heat because a couple of times we were out on the street and people heard our accent and got pretty aggressive with my Just brother. Just from I. being American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even when I was like, I just play bass. I don't... I only play bass. <laughs> <bikes. laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we were there at the exact same time, though. You played with the Counting Crows a little bit? Mm-hmm. How yeah. long? I mean, I didn't do that long. I, 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 brought, I was brought in to do the Oscars, and then we started doing shows. We started doing, like, corporate gigs and some club gigs they were doing, which were amazing. But then, right at that moment, uh, I kind of had the choice. I could go with them, and then Keith called right then because i went through a little rough patch of not being able to get a gig after the chicks gig ended i couldn't get a job with anybody what do you mean you couldn't get a like, job like nobody a job. would hire me i just could not get a gig was it because you were with the chicks I, I wonder because at that point they were the absolute biggest thing in the world and i wondered if it was a perception thing like i was going to ask for too much money or something and like overqualified so maybe we hire somebody who's too good oh yeah I mean, I auditioned for people, didn't get it, you know. Uh, it was a rough time. And so when the Counting Crows brought me in, um, it was around that time. It was probably about, a, uh, I went about a year without getting a gig. And, uh, and so right when I was about to make that decision, Keith called the same week. I got a call from Keith, Dwight Yoakam, and Chris Cagle. They all called me. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty easy decision. Never knew Chris. Here he's pretty tough to work with. Yeah, I've heard things. Um, yeah. I never knew him, right? Yeah. I, again, 50% of my Nashville existence is hearing about the Nashville right, yeah, existence yeah. before I was here. Mm-hmm. Um, Counting Crows, one of my favorite bands of all time. However, I have a few bones to pick with them. By the way, I just saw them here, and they actually sang the right melodies. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Adam sounded good and oh, looked yeah. good. Yeah, cut his hair. Cut his hair. Mm-hmm. Well, for a while, though, he was wearing this dumb wig. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. I say yeah. this as I love <laughs> yeah, County Crows. Me, me too. Can't get enough. Look, yeah. No, every record, even the sucky ones. I'm a huge fan yeah, of yeah. sucky in terms of like sales. And Was that just a weird vibe? Was Dave the man? Was Dave tough? Um, he, like, um, no, it wasn't a weird vibe. It was actually a lot of fun. I've never seen, so Adam Duritz, like when he was on stage, he was a pure rock star, even at this point, you know, because it had been a while since they had had big hits, but they people still loved him so much. And I remember we were playing this club in New York, and the Olsen twins were in the front row, like, looking at him like he was this sex god the whole time. And, you know, it, it was he just had something about him, still does. You know, he's just got something special. So they were super fun gigs, you know. But my friend Jim Bogus, who's their drummer, he was in the Dixie Chicks band when I was there, too. He was with Sheryl Crow for years, so he's the one that called me in, you know, to, to be a part of it. Do you, do you do you end up with a relationship with Adam, or is he kind of like the David Letterman where he no. is pretty distant? Oh, yeah. And then come, 
So, I mean, I, I had some fun moments with him, like the Oscar week. Uh, he he let me, even though I was still brand new, he let me do everything with him, do all the gift rooms, and and he took us to this the most insane Hollywood party I've ever seen in my life. Just generally from people I know that have worked with them closely. Yeah. He's a peculiar guy. I love that about him as an artist. I would I don't think I yeah. don't want to be his friend, but I I love Counting Crows so much. Yeah. That I've probably spent too much time learning about the Counting right. Crows. It's almost like the industry. Like I love it so much, but once you get in it, you go, you know, I kind of wish I didn't know as much right. about it because it <laughs> <Yeah>. kind of feels. <laughs> then it becomes a little gross to you yeah. after a while. I mean, he was real kind to me. I, I I found him to be to be a really funny guy. He's extremely smart, but he definitely, you know, standoffish. Yeah, a little bit. You know, I mean, he he hooked up with and dated Jennifer Aniston and yeah. Courtney Cox. Oh yeah, both from Friends in their prime. Yeah, when I was. Playing in the band, he was with Emmy Rossum. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, he, love him. he has to have something about him. Ladies I know. Love him. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort. Little to no break-in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet and the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, to take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me, in this fight. And just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. So you go from Counting Crows mm. and Keith calls. Yes. And what does Keith say to you? Does he want you to just be part of the band? Does he mm-hmm. want you to be like music director at the time? No, no. Chris McHugh was MD at the time. So Chris had called me because he had 
talked to Keith about it and said, like, I, I didn't, uh, Keith was like, I don't know if he would want to come back or not. And so when he asked me, I was like, of course, you know, it, it, it didn't take me two seconds to, to answer that one. Did he not know because of the past relationship yeah. where you guys were pretty equal? Yeah. And, and even though we, and even though after those years, we were always completely cool with each other. Like I have more respect for him than probably anybody in this entire business. You know, I still do. Um, but maybe that's what he was. Maybe, you know, he's, he's a guy that when he moves on, he usually moves on. He doesn't think that, you know, somebody's going to come back or that kind of thing. Right. So, um, but yeah, like I, I, I didn't hesitate for a second. How natural was the fit? Immediate. And it was incredible. You know, and, I, and there's been a lot of players that's, that have come and gone since I've joined. And for some reason, I'm, I'm still there, man. How do you elevate inside of the group? Is it just staying? Um, well, like, like Chris McHugh left in 2015, and then um, he asked me to, uh, to, to jump up to that, to that position. Then. So does that mean there's a lot more communication between you and him directly whenever the show is not happening? Like, hey, what are we doing here? Are, yeah. you, are, you, telling, are you going to him to say, hey, I'd like to do this? And he, he says, well, maybe. I mean, is it more yeah, of a coaching bringing in quarterback guys. kind of situation? Yeah. I, I brought in a couple guys in the band, um, Nathan Barlow and our, our, our track operator, Jeff Linsenmeyer, and then our drummer, Seth uh, Roush. I was the one that brought those guys to him. Um, but he, like, the great thing about him is he never, he never stops wanting to be great. And so the, the majority of what we do now is set list change. You know, like he's always, always working on the set list, trying to get the timing perfect. And we'll watch, you know, when we're on tour, we'll watch video of the night before, you know, we'll go like, we and need to game start. Game tape, huh? You guys oh, yeah. watching game tape. Yeah, and he'll say like, we need to start this song two seconds earlier, that kind of thing. And he'll notice a blue light when it should be red and, uh, the guy just wants to be great. Do you ever say, Keith, stop running into the middle of the crowd? Like, like, <laughs> people love it. People love it. Yeah. It only takes one stabber, though. <laughs> we, it takes one stabber. We, that's it. We did have a one crazy, crazy experience. Uh, we were playing a corporate gig for the, the company Cisco. So the guy, the president of that company was retiring. So he rented out 49er Stadium. For his retirement party, and brought in, which is what you'll probably do of too course, when, when time comes. Uh, and so he had all eight thousand of their employees there. So it was us and uh, Christina Aguilera was the other artist. But when we played, the you know he had a lot of um, engineers that uh, from India that were there, and there were a lot of uh, Indians in the audience. And I don't know if they had never seen a concert like him because he's so great he's so dynamic i've made jokes like we could play for you know we could play for a till of the till of the hunt and he would win him over like he's the best at that but that crowd got so so wound up and so into it when he went down into the audience because you know we had a little stage at the back you know near the uh, soundboard he walked through it and when he got up there like his shirt was completely ripped off our security guy Paxson said that they were people were jumping on him and biting his shoulders and everything. They were bi- they're literally mm-hmm. biting him. Yeah, they were just jazzed, man. <laughs> so I've been jazzed in my life. Let me think about the times that I've been jazzed and bit somebody. Yeah, yeah, none, none. <laughs> but that's wild. Yeah, and when he got up on stage, he was like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> and it was like shirt was just hanging off, and he was just like so into it, man. But yeah. when did you decide? Because 
obviously playing live music is something you excel at and you're passionate at, mm. right? So when did you go, and maybe it was, you know, 30 years ago, but you, you didn't go, I think this town is, is ready for me to be a songwriter too. Um, I mean, it was interesting. I'd always written songs, but again, I was more, uh, I loved just soul music so much. That was more my style, soul and rock music. Um, I didn't know a ton about the history of country until I met Keith, because that guy's a jukebox. I don't know if you've ever yeah. talked to him about it, but that guy knows every country song ever written. So he really kind of schooled me on so many of the greats, and then I, you know, just learned to love it. But I was still not really writing that much country, and after I joined him, I got a call from uh, a lady named Leanne Phelan, um, who she was working with um, a guy named Chris Oglesby at the time, and they were doing like a writer management thing. Uh, and she just asked me out of the blue. She's like, would you consider writing country? I was like, yeah, sure. And then, uh, I mean, I, I'd, I'd started it a bit, but I wasn't like full on into it. And um, that's what started my whole career. You know, I want to roll through some of your number ones. Okay. But when you just look at good. some of the number ones, yeah, we'll start here. <laughs> there's, there's definitely, as we kind of, and I think this Ryan Amaran song is going to be a number one too. Just looking at the uh, trajectory so, yeah. of, charts and yeah i don't really control that but you know keith cut that song first though no i didn't know he cut it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah keith cuts the weird thing to someone who and and was weird to me for a while with keith too because he would keith would have me over to his house and be like you know we'd go in the little back and we'd go into his little studio before anything else and he'd play these songs he'd be like yeah half of them i'm gonna end up putting on the record yeah and i'd be like man you cut so you cut so many like can he cuts them perfectly oh yeah great like he doesn't use them. It's not like a work tape, like a really good work tape. Yeah. And then, like, he cuts them like it's going to be on the record, and oh, they yeah. just go away. Oh, yeah. I know. And so he did that with this, <laughs> yeah. cut it, and then decided it wasn't for Yeah, he, like, I sent him the demo the day I did it, because I didn't think he would like it. I was just going to get his opinion, because he's such a song guy. I thought he could tell me, like, who I could pitch it to, because I didn't really hear him liking it. And he was like, he just went crazy for it. Then he started saying that he wanted to do a duet with this song. He wanted to do it with Pink. Then... So uh, then he ended up writing this bridge to it, uh, recorded it. It was awesome, but he just didn't quite get it to where he wanted it. Uh, and so he, he well, let when it you go. say to where he wanted it, because the, the conversations, and I definitely want to get to your songs, but the conversations at times I've had with him are, I love it, but it doesn't fit the record in between any certain songs. How oh, you're yeah. talking about the set yeah. list, yeah. he was listening to songs in that way too, going, it just doesn't fit anywhere in between two songs that makes the set list yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of a, a hole. I know. Like, he, he just, he knows exactly what he wants. You know, the guy just knows who he is. And that's, uh, every songwriter in this town respects the fact that, like, most of the time you'll send songs to people, you'll never get a response. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are in this town. If you send him a song, he's going to respond to you. And it's, you know, and he'll say, he'll, like, he'll actually write, to people and say, like, what about the song, like, didn't work for him as an artist, you know? Uh, he just knows who he is, you know? How long ago was him cutting that song? I mean, he cut it right after we wrote it, seven so years seven ago. seven years ago? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it sits? Oh, yeah. Sits. And then Ryan cut it three, four years ago, and then did a, do, uh, we did a bridge with Mara, and she came to my house, we wrote a bridge, uh, and she sang that, and then, you know, the song... They didn't. It didn't put on a record. So it was I thought it all was Ryan Bridge Marin. Yeah, is that what you're saying about the first version that Ryan yeah. cut? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So he did the second verse, like what she's, what she right. does now. Um, and it just didn't go anywhere. And it was like I just thought it was the whole thing was dead. Yeah. Did you know that he was kind of keeping it? Nope. In the house, 
I didn't know anything about it until it it was like a week before it came out. My uh, my old publisher at at uh, um, uh, at Combustion called me and told me I had no clue. Don't you think that etiquette's a little weird? And I get it. I understand that it is what happens because yeah. again, I'll talk to other folks and they're like. Hey, I never heard it. I didn't even know it was on the record until like the day yeah. before the record came out. Yeah. Or something of that sort. Like you've, Marin came over to the house and she, you, you were in like the birth of that song yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. And then nobody calls and goes, hey man, it's, it's about to be, it's about to be on. No, but I think a lot of that is probably like they don't want to disappoint you if they do make that decision at the last minute to, to, to take it off. You know, I'd almost rather not know that it was almost going to be on there. When did you know it was going to be a single? I mean, when when uh, Falcon from Combustion called me and told me, and he said, "Hey, they recut it, and yeah. it's going to be the lead single for Ryan's mm-hmm. Pelago album." Yeah, yeah. Man, seven years ago, you wrote that song. I mean, the journey it rarely that's, happens now. That the journey that song took, it was cut yeah. twice before. Yeah, by Keith and by Ryan. Yeah, and usually in this town, it's not that songs are better and replace other songs because they're better. It's just because they're newer and it's people like, love shiny things. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a the new candy. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't happen very often at all anymore. But you look, there are some, like, what hurts the most was seven years old when that got cut. Uh, God bless the broken road, same thing, seven years old. Like, how did how people listen to those songs and not want to cut them? Only Rascal Flatts listen to songs seven years old. That's basically <laughs> what it is. That's, that's what, what it you is. said. Yes. That's their thing. That's, that's their the whole program. They, well, it's like they like aged wine and they yeah. like aged songs. So, so for songwriters, go back. Anything you know, seven years yeah. old. Well, they're broken up now, but that's yeah. a whole different thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wonder... What the point I was going to make about, and we'll just roll through some of your number ones, is that they do have a bit of an R&B feel mm-hmm. to them, mm-hmm. especially the Sam songs. Yeah. Uh, 2015, Sam Hunt, House Party. We'll have a house party. We don't need nobody. Turn your TV off. Break that box out. Was this number one for Sam? Mm-hmm. So, that was my first number one. Number one for you. Was this his first single? No. Third single. What was his first one? Leave the Night On? Leave the Night On. That's what it was. Got it. Yeah. Because I I had a song uh, called uh, Raised On It. The same cut, too. Yeah. That he put out first. Yeah. Yeah. And that was going to be the first single, but they had put it out on, um, uh, I can't remember how they put it out. Maybe just did a video on YouTube. Um, And I guess it was out for so long, they decided to go with another song. So they put Leave the Night On. And then, uh, what was the second one? Was um, Then he talked in the second Take one. Your Time. Yeah, that was yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so h- how do you get in the Sam camp early with this, again, unknown artist? Yeah. He didn't have a deal at the time. So, And why would you get into the Sam camp? Uh, so I was writing at the time for, um, I, I had a, like a three-way deal. I was with um, Ashley Gorley and his tape room com- company and then Combustion and Warren Chapel. And so Ashley had signed... Uh, Zach Crow, who produces Sam. Uh, and so they had just put us together because he thought, you know, we would make... He actually wanted us to do a lot more R&B and pop stuff. And then somehow they connected, and then he brought me into that. And what do you think of Sam when you first meet him? I mean, he's awesome. I love the dude. I really, really love the guy, man. He's such a sweet person. But, you know, as a songwriter, he does something that... I just had this conversation the other day with with somebody. It's like, he does something that people don't do here. He edits and edits and edits. I was going to say, I want to say, Sam, let's go. Let's move along. Yeah. Because Sam does, he takes weeks sometimes. Well, that one took, I think House Party took seven times together. That that is wild. No one does that. 
But that's why his lyrics, his songs are so much better than that's most people. Wild. Because he goes back. I mean, listen, the version I have, which you might play this song, of Ken Folks, the week before it came out, the version I had, the second verse was completely different. He Right before it came out, he stopped it, went back in, wrote a new second verse, went in and recorded the day, I think the day or two before it came out on radio. 2015 House Party. Uh, let's jump up to 2019. Here is hey. Ken Folks. I want to introduce you to my kin folks, to my old friends, to the house and the pines where the road ends, they get in my hometown, where I grew up, where I thought I knew it all before I knew what Billy Currington of 2016, Do I Make You Wanna? Again, there's still an R&B feel oh, yeah. to this mm-hmm. song. Yeah. You know, in Billy's vibe, it's kind of country beach R&B. Oh, yeah. And so... Who'd you write this with? Zach Crow, Ashley Gorley, and Matt Jenkins. And so when you write this, was it a write for Billy? Was no, it right? no, no, no. Oh, uh, it started out with uh, me and uh, Zach just getting together, and I had that riff, and we made the track. And then Which riff? There are a lot of riffs. Ding, 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 ding. I did that and the other main guitar riff after that. I mean, our demo sounds pretty similar. Uh, then I uh, have the demo here. Here you go. Tell me, do I make you wanna? <laughs> there it is. Stay up till the sun. Howl at the moon. Baby, tell me the truth. Do I make you wanna? Karaoke in the neon light. Yeah. Go to Vegas, stay up all night. Ashley Gorley. See if we can find <laughs> He's gonna do all right. I, I, I have I, faith in him. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's gonna make it or have any money. I'll be honest with you. I think he's gonna be over two there. Um. So you write this song. How long until <coughs> Billy picks it up? And says, that, it took a while. That was, I mean, maybe a year or so. And when um, Stephanie Wright at uh, Universal, when she, she, she took it, but she didn't take it for any artist. She just heard the song, loved it so much, put it on hold, just in general. You can put a generic hold on a song? Yeah, she did. And I've never heard of that. Yeah, and then it was a long time after that. Then we finally heard that she had pitched it to uh, Billy and got him to do it. Is that a, is a generic hold common? I, no. Uh, I've, never, I've never heard of that. Not for me. And also, I think I might be disappointed if someone just went, I call tabs. <laughs> yeah. That's my song, but I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, exactly. Well, they have a lot of artists. So, uh, I mean, she just was way into the song. She just loved it. She just knew it was going to be for somebody. And, I mean, it was the perfect guy, too. Billy crushed it. Jason Aldean, A Little More Summertime. So you have a number one in 2015. You have two number ones in 2016. You got to be feeling pretty good about oh, your that writing. Feels good. Like when 2016 ends and it's like New Year's Day 2017. Wow. You no got to be feeling pretty freaking good. Oh yeah, I was. This is a crazy business though because it's all about like what's happening next. You know, it's so funny in my mind. I don't see myself as that. Like I just, I just, I'm always slogging it out and just trying. But but you know, I have to have my wife. She reminds me a lot of times, like, no, no, you're you're doing all right, man. Just yeah, mine, ha- mine has to do that, too. Yeah. She's like, why are you hating yourself? Yeah, that's now? what I did. Like, why do you think you're such a loser and a, and a fraud? Yeah. And I'm like, because no one likes me anymore. Like, <laughs> and she I had- mean, when Mike, when Mike uh, contacted me about this, I was still like, I don't know why he'd want to speak to me. That's you're really- like, you mean the Keith Sweat producer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I actually <laughs> thought that. Literally, when I was driving over here, I was like, oh, my God, I hope he didn't. We got the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. You also, if we go way back though, like to 2009, was Boy Like Me, was that your first success on a chart writing a song? Yeah. From Jessica Harp? Yes. And I wrote that by myself too, which was funny. I, I had moved out to LA because uh, it was during that time where I was just not getting anywhere with any gigs. And so I decided to just get in my car. I went to LA for a little bit. This guy, Keith Gaddis, um, was out there that I knew from years back, and he kind of introduced me to some people. And But then I, when I came back, I wrote that when I was uh, in the car on the drive home. Cause I'd you gotten, wrote that in the car? Wait, no, no, wait. But you had to be riding passenger. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got that. I got the okay. years mixed up. No, I did write it in the car, but I, was, I, I remember now where I wrote that whole thing. I was at the uh, Percy Warner Park when you could still drive through it. That's where I wrote that song. Which yeah. you can't anymore. You can only walk. You through. can walk through it now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you, and here it is. Here's Boy Like Me. Up until then, I know you had an album cut for Lady A the year before. Yeah. Uh, 2008. Yeah. What was the first songwriter, like, taste you got? Was it the Lady A cut? Or was it, it something been, before that? It might have been, or it might have been... Um, 
uh, Carrie Underwood songs like this. Oh man, he's quick. 2011. Unless, was, unless she cut it and held it. Oh, well, I, I don't. Yeah, I get like my research. On. My re- oh man, man, years are terrible. For yeah, me. I don't know what happened when. 2008 is the first thing I could find in your writing that was that the Lady A. That was Lady A. Perfect day. Oh man, this is your life. Let's talk about it. I'm gonna teach you some things about you. I'm glad you're here. So, and so I got to. I started to produce some stuff. So I produced a couple songs for Jody Messina, and then the Jessica Harp thing happened. I got to produce her whole record, which is a great record. I mean, I, I, it's not because I wrote some songs on it, but like overall, it's a really good record. She was she's really awesome. But Jody Messina was like the first time I got to really produce someone, and she's incredible, man. Like she played the. Uh, we actually talked to her a few days ago, and because she, she lives in Georgia, she mm. doesn't live here anymore. But she played uh, my radio show in studio probably two years ago, and. You know, just honestly speaking, most artists that had their success in the 90s, mm. because they're older, their voice isn't as good. I know. Not with her. No. Are you, she came in and, and crushed us all. We were just like, what is happening right amazing. now? Amazing. Still amazing. My brother's playing guitar with her right now. Uh, man, when she was in the studio, there was no need for auto-tune. A lot of people need that. She did not. She was incredible. Every single take was incredible. I mean, that was a lot of fun working with her. Like, she's the real deal. 2008, Lady A. 2009 is a Jessica Harp song. Ah. You have a song, Hit the Ground Running, with Keith. Yes. Here's a clip of that. So that was funny. I, w- I had a band that I was doing on the side called Barefoot Johnny. And we were, uh, you know, just a pretty, pretty rocking country kind of thing. And so I had done that. Keith had seen me. We, we had played a, a gig at Exit Inn, and Keith was there. Didn't speak to me about any of the songs or anything. Uh, he later on said, hey, man, could you send me that song? I want to I, I hear that song again, that demo of the song. So I sent it to him, never mentioned a word again. Literally, we were about to walk on. We were at a stadium gig. It might have been open up for Chesney or something, and um, it was right before we walked out on stage. He goes, "Hey, I'm cutting uh, Hit the Ground Running tomorrow." Like, what? I didn't even know it was on the hold. <laughs> like, he didn't mention it at all. And so he did that, and it was awesome, man. Jason Derulo, Fallen. You oh. mentioned this one earlier. So, where did this? How did this come about? I was in L.A. Uh, at a writer trip, and I was writing with this guy, Evan Bogart, and some like t- and two other writers. Um, and I just started playing that acoustic part right there. And then we wrote the song, um, and it was a while, while uh, later, but he, um, those guys had given it to Jason Derulo's producer. And so they uh, used my, that's actually my acoustic right there. They used the demo and he just rewrote a lot of the lyrics and the verses, and there it was. I've never met him, you know. I never met him or his producer, but I got on the song, got on the record. That was an exciting moment for me. Really? Oh yeah, because he's great, man. Like his, his album was really, really good. When you moved here in '93, what was the city like? Uh, I mean, for me, it was a massive place coming from where I came from, but it was nothing like what it is now, you know. 
you know, I think I, I, I talk to a lot of young young artists and musicians. I, I kind of, I'm enjoying like a little mentor role. I've been hip, helping some different people with their shows and that kind of stuff. But like when I talk about this town, to me it's like it seems overwhelming. But when you actually get into it and really, really start meeting people in this business, it's not a big community. It's pretty small, you know, so you just kind of know everybody. So it's completely attainable. But moving here, though, it just, it was pretty damn scary. I can relate to that in that, again, living in Mountain Pine, Arkansas. When I thought about moving to Little Rock, which is a third of the size of, size of yeah. Nashville, I was like, that's the big city, man. Oh, that's yeah. where the news happened. And that's where the news came from. <laughs> right. Like, we'd watch the news yeah, yeah. from an hour away, and I was like, that's where they shoot the news. Yeah. Like, it was always a dream of mine to live in Little Rock. Mm. I mean, obviously, I've done that now, and, you know, I've moved around a bit until I got here. But did you live anywhere before Nashville? Mm-mm. So you went from your town in West Virginia yeah. to here. I mean, what I did before that was, you know, like I said, I'd moved, I'd, I'd went on the road two weeks after high school, my brother and I and my, our friend John Dedrick, who we, we all moved here together, we got this gig playing for this Cuban pop singer that we played uh, the, like the, the um, just the bar in the hotel, the Adams Mark Hotel chain. So we'd go from city to city to city, playing for three weeks, six nights a week, four sets a night, playing with him for a year straight. We never came home, you know. And so then I came home for a little bit, played in, the, in, in some clubs, and then moved here. Are you so good at the bass? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's times like I, I didn't. I, I I don't play much when I'm off tour. So you know, obviously during COVID we didn't play, and I forgot. Like what uh, we we got a new drummer in the band, and we were rehearsing, and it hit me. And I told my wife after the first rehearsal, I was like, I'm actually pretty good at this. You know, like I I, I asked because <laughs> Keith is so good that I don't think Keith's gonna have a musical director that isn't. Right, someone that he respects as yeah. a musician. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think so. Like, I'm not like a flashy bass player. I play real simple parts, but my thing is that I, I, I had a real clear vision from like 14 on. I knew, I knew what to do because I, I, I became obsessed at that age with this guy named Daryl Jones, who's now the Rolling Stones bass player, but he was with Sting and it was with, with Peter Gabriel and. But he was a great player, but he looked awesome on stage. Like, the way he moved his body. You don't see that with most bass players. Most bass players are pretty static, and they just kind of stand there. But the way he moved, I wanted to emulate that because I kind of figured out at a young age that people see music more than they hear it almost, you know? Uh, Because, you know, Keith is a prime example. Like, he's an incredible guitar player, but you watch him... And the way he holds his guitar with such power, the way he moves, it makes him so much better than, you know, than what he might... Well, he actually is pretty awesome. But uh, but in the average, you know, concertgoer's mind, they see him and they, like, he, no one can compete with that, you know? Did you ever want to be the front man? I mean, you you obviously can sing a little bit. You do yeah. background vocals on yeah, no, I did. Projects. I did for a little bit. But then uh, it just wasn't... It just wasn't for me, man. Like, I, I, I like this role. Like, I always say I'm, you know, people will make some kind of comment about, like, my life being a rock star. Like, I'm rock star adjacent. That's what I am. Like, I stand near one. And that's cool with me. I like that. Because, you know, there's so much that comes along with that lifestyle that's not my thing, you know. Do you ever just go, I wish that were me? 
<laughs> like I wish that I'd just gotten my one lucky break where I was the guy. Like Barefoot Billy. What was it called? Barefoot Johnny. Barefoot Johnny. Yeah. Did Barefoot Johnny ever get a second look? Were you the singer yeah, of Barefoot Johnny? I was, yeah. We did. We had, we had labels coming at us. Uh, my brother and I, we had a band called Pinch um, that we got pretty close um, to getting some... Uh, and you're probably just one break away. One I was, yeah. lucky break. Mm-hmm. Because everybody that's made it's one lucky break good for them. Yeah. And some of those that haven't is like, or they're just as good. Yeah. They just didn't catch some little side shot. We came close. You know, yeah. we had a lot of labels looking at us and um, it just wasn't quite Right, you know? I want to ask about the brother dynamic. He's older, mm-hmm. which makes sense to me as I hear you talk about it, because most older older brothers play the guitar, and so the younger brothers are oh, stuck playing drums or bass. No, he forced me to play bass. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I didn't have a choice. No matter. <laughs> we still, so I wish we, I don't know where it is, but I think it's probably my mom's house, but we have a cassette tape of the very first song he taught me because he needed, he needed back, he needed accompaniment. So he taught me photograph from Def Leppard. Uh, but I had an acoustic guitar, and he took the you know the top two strings off, and that's how I. So you played bass with the four strings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess the bottom. The yeah, bottom I mean like the, the B and the E, the high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He just, I had no choice. And you were okay with that? Yeah, because he was and, your big brother, and he was yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was awesome already. Like he became incredible, like at a very young age. He's what? a freakish talent. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. 
this is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. How did both of you end up doing this at such a high level? How, like, where genetically is it in the family where you just understand music? I don't know. I think my mom's mom, she died when she was uh, really young. She, I know she was really into music, but, you know, our oldest brother, Scott, played too. But um, I, I don't know. It's just it, from a young age, I was, it was 11 or 12 for me, and then he was probably maybe 13. Uh, we just knew I mean, there was no, there was no, like, when I remember when, the, you know, when our mom might would say, like, you should have something to fall back on. And, like, that was funny to us. Because it was like, there was no other path. We knew from a time, you know, I, I, when I saw Van Halen when I was in sixth grade, it was done. Like, that's what I was going to do. Uh, as a player, you're doing a live show with Keith. Are you looking forward to your bass solo? Do you get a bass solo? <laughs> no, I do a singing solo every night. You do? Yeah, yeah. Which one? Uh, well, it's different every single tour. You know, I did Ain't No Sunshine for a long time. So now, you sang the whole Bill Weathers song. Like, yeah. He's like, now. Yeah, he does that with every band member. Like, for years, like, he'll, each guy has his own moment uh, of the show. And so that was always me. Like, I just would, would do an old R&B song. Um, right now, this, this past uh, Vegas trip, I'm doing that, um, uh, before you go. You know that pop song, um, Louis Capaldi. Louis Capaldi, yes. You I, sing Louis Capaldi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just okay. do it when on. I, it's, when I ask if you can sing, it's on my then, Instagram. You, you can your, look at it. It's like and then the you're hardest like, song to sing, right? And then you're like, I don't know. It's a little bit. And then I'm like, well, what do you do? Well, I do Celine Dion, but harder than she yeah. does. <laughs> that, that's what Louis Capaldi yeah, is. I can sing. Uh, Would you do all like 26? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You do all yeah. of it. But I actually, those, those that that new song, the Louis Capaldi, and and a version of the live version of the uh, um, Bill Weathers song is on my Instagram that I, you know, of us in concert. But yeah, it's a great thing for him to do because most people don't, most singers don't do that. You know, they want the band to be in the back all dressed in black and that is not what we do. Like he wants everyone all right there with him. And because, you know, it, it makes it easier on the singer too. It's like not all the pressure's on them. So it's... Uh, it's fun for every musician that gets to be in this band. Do you get a bass solo, though? No, no. Well, I mean, it depends. Sometimes, like, we'll stop and I'll groove, and then he'll come over and groove with me. But I'm not really, no, I'd much rather just sing the solo song. When you guys are doing a the set, is it pretty much down to the click? Or do you ever have a time where you can you break off and it's like, hey, why don't we just go ahead and, and try this? Does he get on the mic? Oh, guys, we're going to try this. You know, Even with the click, he, you just have to follow him. It's uh, that's why we brought in this guy Jeff Linsenmeyer to do our tracks because you know he's on the side of the stage for all these years and he he's like Keith will just go off and go a different direction and so normally we'd have to if we had any kind of backing tracks keyboards or some drum machine stuff we'd just have to shut it off but now we so you just, would just shut it off because oh yeah. you can't yeah if it's going 
Yeah. You have to go along with it. So if you don't want to go along with it, you just turn it off. Yeah, you have to. But we were good enough. It didn't matter. So, yeah. We're, uh, we're not, when, when this happens to us, when we play our shows, we're not good enough. <laughs> so we just go, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, what do we do? Yeah. Okay. So you kind of have done a little bit of a lot of things yeah. at a very high level. Mm-hmm. So when people say, when they describe you, they're like, hey, this is Jerry. He blank. What is it? Are you the uh, the, the song, songwriter with multi number ones? Are you Keith <laughs> Urban's? Uh, that's the the first thing that people say. Uh, like you know, when, with the songwriting, like uh, with someone like Sam, the reason I don't really, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't get a one of those guys that gets a ton of cuts. I'm more specific to the whatever the artist is looking for, and I'm usually the up tempo guy because that's just what I'm good at. I've you know, we've just been doing that for so long live. And so I'm kind of brought in for that kind of special thing. And I bring in more of a vibe, you know, up-tempo vibe. But like now I'm, I'm starting to get hired to help people put their shows together. You know, I got hired Jordan Davis. I did his last show. And then Dustin Lynch brought me in to redo the set. What does that mean to, to, to put a show together? Like, like if, if they bring you in, I don't know, is your job consultant? What do they call you when that happens? I guess I was a consultant, yeah. So... Uh, my first one um, uh, was with Matt Stell. And so I just went in. Um, uh, it was me and uh, my friend Jeff Lindsmeyer, our track guy. He's just perfect at that. He he will go in and take all their tracks and redo it in a way where it's real super simple for everybody, to, you know, the drummer to use. Uh, and then I'll just go in and redo their set list. I'll look at all their songs. And then I, I will come up with moments uh, in the show that they wouldn't normally think of maybe. Because I've learned that over the years, like, you know, you just have to have these little moments to grab people early on, especially if you're a new artist. And so, you know, I'll do something where I'll think of a, a different cover song and I'll put it in the middle of someone's song, like after the second chorus, just to grab people. You Does know? that mean you'll have to find a song in a certain key and mm-hmm. then pursue a cover that can mm-hmm. be played in that key that's also going to be cool? So it's like the exact right puzzle piece? Yeah. And I don't know why it comes to me so fast. And so I did that with Matt Stell, I did Chris Bandy, and then uh, Jordan Davis. They had me come in and do his whole show, and we put together an amazing show. Uh, and he got to do that particular show only for like three months before COVID shut down. But man, wh- what was happening, what I was seeing live on Instagram was so exciting. Because all these little moments that I helped think of, it was just connecting, you know? I'm going to ask you a weird question. It's going to be hard for you to answer it honestly. But are you a musical genius? No. <laughs> no. I, I'm not joking when I say that. No. You can see and hear and feel music in all these ways. And yeah. Well, it, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I wouldn't think. I've never thought about that. No, I've just, again, like, I, I can't stress this enough. Like, uh, with being alongside Keith Urban all these years, you know, I'm with the best of the best. There's still, there's, uh, there's rarely a night that I'm on stage with him and I don't go like, Damn. Like, he brings it. He always brings something special. And because of all the extreme detail he takes with the set list, and I mean, like, we don't start the tour and, do you know, work it out before the tour. He's doing it throughout the entire tour. Like, a week before the tour ends, we'll have a different set list than we did at the beginning because he's always tweaking. And so I've just learned, I've just learned what works, you know, with, with audiences and what moves people. And so, you know, like, like Dustin Lynch called me. That guy's awesome on stage. Like, he, he's opened up for us. He's done a whole tour with us. And uh, the guy is a rock star. He's so good. And when he brought me in, 
he let me do the entire set list. He didn't change one thing. And we created these incredible moments, and it was really working, man. So that, that means a lot to me for someone like him to trust me, you know, with his show. Must be cool to be a genius, man. No, no. <laughs> You're saying no. no in every way, but I'm hearing yes no, in every way. No, 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 no. I, uh, by the way, you guys can follow Jerry at Jerry Flowers Music. It's just interesting, all that you've done, how people would introduce you. Because hmm. we will bring in songwriters that have two and three number ones. And yeah. In town, they're considered, wow, this guy, look at this guy. He's huge. He's got two or three number ones. Yeah. I mean, you got four massive songs, yet you're like, you know, people really know me for being the band leader for Keith Urban. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Did you uh, ever think to Adam Duritz, one more County Crows question. Mm. Did you ever think, hey, dude, sing the songs the right way? Because <laughs> you know how many dang concerts I would go to and he would, it would be like, you know, Mr. Jones and me. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, we just want to sing the song. Him and then the Black Crows were like that too. Both Crows, they they just kind of they just kind of make it up as they go along. But um, You never played with them though, did you? White nope. Crows? Mm-mm. And that would have been a vibe. That would have been a good one. You would have constantly been seeing those guys trying to kill each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. Before and after the show. Now, we did have a big night with them. In a bar in Sydney, Australia, one time. Who's we? You and Counting or Chicks? No, or? with with Keith's band. Okay. Yeah, we had a big big night back when I was still drinking, and uh, uh, it was it was a wild one. Big night, like good night, or big night oh, like fist thrown? No, no, okay. no, no. Best night. Like the brother wasn't there. Got it. Rich wasn't there because I think you know those are the guys, those two don't like each other, but they do now. They came and did my show together. They did. They, yeah. Oh. They, yeah. Oh, was right. That's what I felt too. They were like, hey, the. Black Crows are coming through. I'm a big Black Crows guy. Oh, me too. And so they were doing that tour where they were per- performing that whole first record front to back. Yeah, okay, right. And so they were like, hey, they'll come in and play whatever you want. And I was like, well, that's great. Let's yeah. go. And they came in and, you know. I, I didn't know that. I knew their whole story. I knew how they had been convinced to get back together. Yeah. And they were pretty professional about it. Well, he was, Chris, the singer, uh, hung with us the entire night. I still remember this place. It's called The Ship Inn. Uh, and we just went for it. But he was so much fun, man. Great stories, too. Well, same for you, man. This yeah. has been awesome for me. Oh, man, it's incredible for me. Like, I mean, you've done it all. And, you know, I see out at times. But usually, if I ever see you and you're with Keith and we're somewhere, you're, you have ears in. Right. And I know what it's like when people try to talk to you when you have ears in. Because you're like, what? Hold on. Oh, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> What's that? Okay. And so I'm very unapproachable. You are right? completely, yeah. and only partially because of the ears. The rest because of your stature and your number <laughs> right. one. I usually tell the crews like, yeah. avert your eyes. Don't don't look over here. Yeah. Um. You guys follow Jerry at Jerry Flowers Music. Um. I have really enjoyed this. I appreciate. It. Now I, I will say something about that if you don't mind. Like I've I'm having so much fun having people reach out to me on Instagram, and like I'm I'm finding some like real real talent. Uh, I mean, tomorrow I'm, I'm writing with this girl named Catherine Roach from uh, Massachusetts. Same thing. She just reached out to me. Uh, and you just never know because there's some crazy talent out there. So anybody wants to, to, to message me, you know, I'll I, definitely. I, I need to message him after this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you got some songs. I'm like, hey, man, put our, put, our, put our set together. All right. You guys follow Jerry at Jerry Flowers Music. And listen, I, I'll just end up saying this. Just the, you know, the Keith Sweat stuff. <laughs> that's, that, of all my stuff, uh, that's your favorite. That, that's it. Yeah, it's so much better than everything else. I mean, listen, I would kill to have a Keith Sweat cut <laughs> of me you? from Jerry back from, from me in like in 1990. Have that would Googled be my dream. That Jerry, have you seen? I yeah, mean, you look. You're the opposite. You're the opposite in every way. Yeah. Here you go. This is you. If someone just hears this and decides they want to look for you, there you oh. go. 
Yeah, very close. I can see where that would where and, people would get mixed up, except in every way. Yeah, yeah. Other than every every possible <laughs> way. All right, Jerry, good to talk to you, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.